Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tan Pants. We each researched a completely random topic. I have no idea what you guys are going to talk about. No clue. Please prepare yourself. This podcast is weird. I'm Max. I'm Isaac. I'm Josh. Welcome to Tan Pants. Clay's here. Hey. Clay is back. Hi, Clay. You just heard our introduction. Allow me to introduce our special guest. And sponsor of the episode, yeah, Clayton Moore. Hello, hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> no. Okay, we don't have the clappy yeah. track. Anymore. We don't have yeah, an don't audience have button oh, yet. We have all those. So I'll just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Clay is running for office later this year. You can vote for Clay by clicking the anonymous. Check mark. You can. Yep. Yeah, I'm running for president of the universe. <laughs> oh, okay. Right up there with Jeb. So, uh, what did you guys bring this week? Who would like to go first? Okay, you you go first. Okay, I'll go second, mm-hmm. and then one of you will third. fight. Okay. For who gets to go third? Like rock paper scissors. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to the death. Uh, rock right. paper scissors to the death. There's only going to be three topics. <laughs> What's week? the symbol for death? Uh, I don't know. Death. Oh, okay. I think it's just death. Yeah. The symbol oh. for death is the word death. It's a it's a dead person. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or okay. a rat. Who wants to rob something? Not me. 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 Ooh, ooh, ooh. Me and Clay. Ooh. All right. So um, when when you think of a heist, what do you think of? Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage. Right. Declaration of Independence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I was Stealing. thinking of Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking of Over the Hedge. Yeah, over the head. Oh, yeah. That's no. a great heist. That's a great heist movie. Oh, yeah. No, they were like, they stole yeah. all the food, right? Because that, yeah. that's what they were, they were filling the log. I would like to see them do a sequel to Over the Hedge that was even more heisty. Like maybe they're robbing an entire apartment <laughs> building. Yeah, right. that could work. And they feel guilty because like, oh, these people have no food. We took all their food. <laughs> and then they have to be like Santa Claus, bring the food back. But it could be in, in the midst of the pandemic. So Ooh. people have stocked up. You know, for like an apocalypse or something. So there's yeah. like a prepper basement. Maybe they're just stealing prepper basement stuff. Yeah, stealing from the preppers who don't need all that stuff to prep. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Yeah. So who's robbing the bank? So I looked up some of the most successful heists in history. Ooh. Did they have really? to do with trains? Uh, that was one of them. Okay. They I have almost to do... talked about that one. I found four, but I, I decided to focus on just one. Okay. So what's a very valuable thing you can steal? A diamond. Diamonds, yeah. A gold. My heart. Gold. A gold oh. heart. Clay's heart is very valuable. <laughs> the Declaration of Independence. That's a good one. That's a very good one. <laughs> Nancy Obviously. Pelosi's pedestal. <laughs> she has a pedestal. That one yeah, guy the guy it. who's walking uh, with her pedestal. Oh, yeah, that one that, picture. He's just like, yeah. hey, hey guys. See just ya. Gonna, just going to take this. <laughs> Some of the, well, this is actually, I picked this one because it contains the most expensive thing ever stolen. Really? Yes. It happened in 1990 in Boston. Oh, wow. So this was the uh, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum theft. Okay. Sounds expensive. Yes. So I just thought of garden supplies. I don't know why. Maybe it was because they <laughs> stole a bag of fertilizer. <laughs> I was I'm like, stealing this fertilizer <laughs> it's, and it's, I'm going to make a garden. It's dinosaur fertilizer. Oh, of Ooh. course. Because it's so oil. It's a museum and stuff. So yeah. it's, okay. it's just gasoline. Yeah. Just gasoline. Pure okay. gasoline. So uh, on March 18th, 1990, 13 works of art were stolen from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. Oh, wow. Guards admitted two men posing as police officers responding to a disturbance call, and the thieves tied the guards up and locked them as they looted the basement for over an hour. Not the basement, the museum. They locked them in the basement. Wait, okay. so what time What time of day did this happen? It was like 1 a.m. when this oh, happened. Oh, wow. So let me talk about this. because This is a weird museum to begin with. Okay. So this lady, uh, Isabel, Isabella Stewart Gardner, uh, she was kind of a, a wealthy art collector, and she decided she wanted to make a museum to, to display her art collection in. Um, this is around the 20s. Um, 
Yeah, around the 20s, she made her little museum. But before she died in her will, she stated that nothing was allowed to come into the collection or leave the collection. Okay. And the building was not to be changed in any way. But why? She was an, she was an eccentric, I guess. Uh, she freak. had ah, one of them. One of those guys. Come on in, Corsara. Welcome. Another guest. We don't have another microphone. It's fine. Josh can leave. Okay. I mean, he had the most interesting thing last week. What are the odds of him doing it again? Okay. So, so anyway. So this lady, you're saying she put all her stuff in there. And she said, if there's any add-ins, they have to stay. And you can't move anything else. So are, is, are the walls just crowded with art and just like thrown up everywhere? Let me find exactly where they talk about her. Yeah, so it, it wasn't that big of a museum. It was a, I think it was a three-story building. Yeah, it had two stories. It looks like, but it had more. It, the The art was on display on two stories, but um. Not only was nothing allowed to be added or taken away, they couldn't change the arrangement of it. They couldn't even change the arrangement. So if that picture's there, you can't put that picture anywhere else. It has to stay exactly as right. it was. And like like I was saying, it, it would just get super crowded because as you add stuff into it, I mean, mm-hmm. are you going to put a painting right next to the painting that can't be moved? Yeah. So one of the big problems with this is this museum didn't make any money. Uh, Once they ran out of the money that she left behind, they couldn't afford to keep the place operating. I mean, they kept it operating, but at its most minimum, I guess. So uh, they couldn't afford security systems. They couldn't afford to pay guards. They couldn't afford insurance for their stuff. Wait, what what year was this again? Uh, She formed the museum back in the 20s. Oh, okay. And this robbery happened in the 90s. This museum kind of had a, a, a reputation for not being very well guarded. Oh, okay. So it, it's kind of, it's like the easiest museum to steal from. Okay. Because they yeah. couldn't afford, they put some cameras on the outside. Mm-hmm. And they put some tech inside, like they had motion detectors. But other than that. No. They had no security in this. Other so, than the two security guards. So, like, yeah. uh, compared to, like, other museums, like, other museums were, like, super... They had, like, ray tracing motion detectors. Yeah, ray tracing. They have the lasers yeah. that the guy has to, like, do limbo through to get right. to the art. They had, have, yeah. like... They had a freaking 3D printer that would 3D print the guys that would uh, as they would come in. 3D print the guard? No, no the robber. The, the 3D printers were 3D print robots to attack the, the thieves. Oh, and oh. make a replica of the person because right. then they would be like, oh, we have an exact replica of you. Don't yeah. even try to hide. Yeah, the, the Gardner Museum did not have any of that stuff. Oh, okay. The Gardner Museum was not as cool. So uh, the robbery occurred in the early hours of Sunday, March 18th, 1990, St. Patrick's Day. On a Sunday. Oh. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> That's important later. Okay. The thieves were first witnessed around 12.30 a.m. by several St. Patrick's Day revelers, leaving a party near the museum. The two men were disguised as police officers and parked in a hatchback on Palace Road about 100 feet from the side entrance. Mm. The witnesses believed them to be policemen in a hatchback. Okay. Obviously. Right. So uh, the guard, there were two guards on duty that night. There was Rick Abeth and Randy Heston. 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 Yeah, so Rick Rick and Randy. Rick was 23. Randy was 25. Randy had worked at this place for a while, but this was Rick's first night on the job. Hmm. Very first night on the job, place gets robbed. So uh, what happened was uh, these police guys... They show up to the museum. They knock on the side entrance. They buzz the intercom. And uh, Rick, who is at the front desk, says, who's there? What do you want? 
And they're like, we're, we are responding to a 911 call. There's a disturbance in this area. We need to come in and check out the museum. Mm-hmm. And so he looks on the outside security camera. Hey, two cops. Looks on the level. He lets them in. So they come to the front desk, and one of the cops looks at Rick, and he says, you look familiar. I think we have a warrant out for your arrest. And the security <laughs> guy's like, what? Really? He's like, yeah, go, step up from the desk. Come over here. Come over here, please. So he obeys. He steps away from the desk, and the panic button they had. They had a panic They had button. a panic button at the desk. Okay. And other museums, another security measure was most museums during the night they would call the local police station every hour. Ah, just and if they sure. didn't get a call, the police would come. Okay. But okay. this museum didn't have that. They just had the little panic button. Okay. Other museums also, everything comes to life. Yeah. This is, this is a boring oh. museum. <laughs> I mean, uh, about that. yeah, the paintings can't come to life. That's, that's just boring. Did the paintings come to life in that movie? In the second one, they introduced that concept, but they couldn't come out of the paintings. You could only go inside it. That's uh, right. I remember that. I don't remember that. I never saw the second one. Uh, that that was because it was dumb. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. So anyway, um, the guards, as they're cuffing this other guy to the wall, not the, the cops, the fake cops are cuffing this guy to the wall, uh, Randy comes down. He's like, what's going on here? And the cop's like, we're, we were responding to a disturbance. He goes, hey, you you come over here. And they cuff him too. And these guards, oh. they're just cooperating. And then after they have them cuffed. Because they're just security guards. They're not police they're, officers. They're just they're just a couple kids. One's 25, one's 24. Okay. Oh. I think that, yeah, one's 25, one's 23. So they're, they're just a couple of dumb kids. So it's like you and Timmy. Just like me and Timmy trying to guard all this priceless art. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to go well. Obviously. Okay. So uh, they duct tape their faces. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is standard police procedure. Standard. Stan- duct well, tape your well, face. By, by this time, when they have them handcuffed, they, they take off their fake mustaches. No, they had fake mustaches. They had fake mustaches. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, uh, Did they also put away their fake donuts? <laughs> they had their <laughs> fake donuts. Uh, Rick... Uh, the guy at the desk, the younger guy, he said in his interview that he thought one of them had a fake mustache. Uh, He's like, his mustache really? looked a little bit fake. So once they had both guards handcuffed, they're like, okay, we're going to rob the place. We're not really policemen. Surprise. <laughs> we're going to rob the place. Oh. Uh, so they take the guards, they take them down to the basement, and they they tie them up in the basement. They handcuff them to like the radiator at a pipe or whatever. They have them subdued in the basement. Where was this? Oh, it's Chicago? This is in Boston. Oh, Boston. Boston. Massachusetts. 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 Okay. So, yeah, so for, for the next hour, uh, these guys robbed this museum. And it was interesting because um, there was a lot of really, really expensive art in this museum. Right. But these guys, they hazard the guess they didn't know that much about art because they took something that wasn't that valuable when it was right next to something that was really valuable. Uh, so these guys, they planned this heist, but they didn't actually decide what to steal. So maybe they just wanted to steal something. Maybe. And they were like, art, yeah. of course, right? But even yeah. even though even though they did not um, know what to take, they happened to have stolen the most expensive thing ever stolen. Maybe it was all about that. And the then Declaration of Independence. They stole the Declaration of Independence. Yep. So let, let me see. Um, so the most expensive thing that they stole was the concert. The concert. The concert. They stole concert. the show. <laughs> painted <laughs> by Vermeer. Vermeer. Vermeer only painted about 34 paintings. And this painting alone accounted for half of all the worth that was stolen that night. Hmm. Like a, that makes me think the whole heist was about that wow. one painting, and then they took other paintings just to, I guess, throw something off. Yeah, because they also yeah. stole things that weren't that valuable at all. Like yeah. they stole an ancient Chinese goo. Goo? A, a what? G-U, a goo. It was like a, a glass for drinking wine, and it was only worth a couple thousand dollars. Hey. But if, it was, if it's something you can grab that's small. It was like, grab that. 
They also tried to uh, take down a, a Napoleonic flag they had in the museum, but um, they gave up because it was all, it was like, it was in a glass case. They're unscrewing all these screws and it was just taking too long, so they gave up. Okay. Like, so this is too hard. <laughs> another painting, a self-portrait of Rembrandt they oh, had in the museum, they took off from the wall, but they, they didn't take out because they figured that uh, it was painted on wood. Was painted oh. on canvas. Like this is too hard to carry. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's not all just like little paintings. It's like art. So art could be a, a wine glass or mm-hmm. a giant statue of something. And you know. So um, these guys were never caught. To this day, these paintings are still missing. Wow. It's an ongoing investigation with the FBI and everybody trying to figure out who in the world did this. They have some ideas. Like, um, one theory is uh, Randy, Randy, the older guy, was in on it. I was about to say, like, wasn't he supposed to be at the desk, too, or something? He was off on a patrol. Like, uh, one guard would be at the desk, another guard would have a flashlight and walkie-talkie, and he would walk the museum. Okay. So, uh, the motion detectors didn't trip in a certain room on the second floor when the when the robbers were there. But they did trip when Randy went in there before the robbery happened. And one of the paintings was stolen from that room. Wait, so where did Rod... What did you say, Randy or Rodney? It was, uh, it was Randy and Rick. Rick oh. was the younger guy. Randy was the older guy. So Randy was the guy that was in on it. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, Randy said... Um, Randy, what did he say? Randy denied. Uh, what did Randy say? After the robbery was done, the robbers went down to check on them in the basement and make sure they were comfortable. Okay. Is what they said. And they also said, if you don't tell anybody, you will get a reward around this time next year. Hey, of course. But they told everybody, so they didn't get the reward. Kind of sad. Oh. That sucks. It was probably just like a pair of socks. (laughs) Here's your reward. Well, I'm going to tell everyone. So the FBI agent overseeing the case in, his, in its early years determined the guards were too incompetent and foolish to have pulled off the crime. <laughs> yeah. These boys are too dumb. <laughs> they couldn't have done anything. They couldn't have done this. And so they're like, uh, yeah, what he said. We're innocent. So a lot of people think uh, the local mafia may have done the job. Why? What? Um, it's always the mafia. Always the mafia. Always. They had done some other robberies around that time, too. And uh, some people have come forward, like, years later saying, uh, that guy had the art, and he gave it to that guy. Ah, okay. Or maybe the, the guys that stole it just knew some guys in the mafia that wanted art. Yeah, Those yeah. Art mafia guys. Uh, there was... Um, so there was a guy named Robert Gentle. Was he not very gentle? He probably wasn't very gentle. Robert Gentle, um, they think he may have been one of the people who have had who had the art at one point. So the FBI raided his house in uh, in Manchester, on Manchester, Connecticut, not England. Okay. Uh, the FBI found a secret ditch behind a false floor in the backyard shed, but they found it empty. Gentle's son explained the ditch flooded a few years prior. And his father was upset about whatever was stored down there. Well, you would be upset about anything that would be down there that would get wet. Oh, my laundry got wet. Man, that old mattress that I was saving. (laughs) (laughs) When asked about what it could have been in the ditch, Gentle could not recall, but believed it could have been small motors. There you go. There you go. It wasn't priceless paintings. They got flooded in a basement. Small motors. Fuck out (laughs) of kind of motors you just keep motors in little hidden basements yeah my secret my secret uh basement maybe it had all of his gamestop stock he was oh my gamestop <laughs> stock no <laughs> no they stole rembrandts they stole a vermeer man they stole all kinds of stuff do they have a car they put yeah, it in the, their hatchback the hatchback okay of course it was a hatchback how are you gonna fit all this stuff in it yeah and the hatchback you just carry it home in the street <laughs> just <one. laughs> don't mind us don't we're mind. just you know, 3 a.m., hanging up paintings. At the bottom of this thing, it said uh, this robbery was uh, has been in a lot of popular culture. 
like films and things like that. And uh, yeah, they explored uh, this robbery in shows like The Blind Spot, The Blacklist, The Venture Bros, and The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Uh, the Simpsons apparently had an episode about this. Everything's in The Simpsons. Everything, even the future. The future. That was Pretty me picking much. up my coffee cup. So, well done. You want to get rich? Steal some paintings. Uh, right now, there is a $10 million reward out for any information you may have about it. Aha. Uh-huh. I know one of the guys' names was I, I read Rick. Rick. I read a there Wikipedia article. Fork over the 10. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, there's one last thing I wanted to say up here. Let's see if I can find it. This is kind of like the, what kind of blew my mind a little bit. Just a little bit. <clears throat> Federal prosecutors have stated that anyone who willingly returns the items will not be prosecuted. The statutes, the statute of limitations expired in 1995, so the thieves and anyone who participated in the theft cannot be prosecuted. Wow. So they really did get off scotch So if, if you steal something... Wait five years, you're fine. What? Uh, I don't think so. The statute, the statute of limitations. That well, that's something not even. tells me it depends on the era. Of, <laughs> that's not even right. They stole a Vermeer. Okay. But they they s- stole the most expensive thing like? ever. It looked like the concert. It better be the most they beautiful stole this thing one. I've ever seen. Oh, wow, that's really nice. I've seen that before. Yeah, it's the it's a stolen Vermeer. Yeah. I mean, we probably have, like, some of these people over at Pixar, these artists, are probably as good as this. Yeah. That's why... It's just, you you have to wait. This is old. A hundred years for it to be really awesome. Yeah, that's why paintings is, like, I don't get why... I mean, I do understand, like, the culture and stuff. Back then, there weren't as many people doing this. There was, like, five people in Europe who could do this. Yeah, but... In a sense, it is kind of like stocks. I guess at so, one yeah. point it was very valuable, and then early on, it wasn't, or something like I could draw something, or somebody could draw something similar to quality of that. Right, but it would be like I'll give you ten bucks for this. Cool. That's what I brought. All right. You have a segue, Clay. Yes, it was me. I stole the paintings. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. It was a funny joke. Speaking of jokes, how would you like to know the 10 oldest jokes in human history? I would. I know the oldest one. I don't know the oldest one. I don't know the next ones. Yep. Here we go. Number 10 is a joke about a haircut from ancient Greece, 300 to 400 AD. Okay. There's an older one than that. Yeah, but there's like 10 of them. Mm. Just wait. Just wait. It gets older. Just wait. <laughs> it took till Greece <laughs> for people to write people down had, a joke? People had no <laughs> sense of humor prior to that. <laughs> Guys, this guy's like, he, my body does something when he talks. <laughs> I can't explain it. <laughs> okay, here it is. Asked. Asked by the court barber how he wanted his haircut, the king replied, in silence. That's so funny. <laughs> I wanted it in silence. Even back then, people were like, I got to talk to my barber. Ooh, that's true. Maybe barbers were even worse back then. Maybe this is like... Maybe they, they were the type of person that was just, la, 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 let me tell you about my, my dogs and my... Right. My neighbor and my yep. crooked fence. And so you're telling me the king was a man of culture. And the king's just like, yes. silence. Be quiet. I want silence. And so that's, that's the joke. That was so funny. Thank you. That was good. The ninth one is from the same era. It's about a donkey. When the donkey died of hunger, he said, I've had a great loss. Just when he had learned not to eat, he died. <laughs> that was... Ha! Ah. Ha, ha, he died. <laughs> I, I, I don't really get it. I wonder. Oh, no, wait, no, wait. I, I, I missed the beginning part. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, the beginning part was wishing to teach his donkey not to eat. A pedant did not offer him any food. 
When the donkey died of hunger, he said, I've had a great loss. Just when he had learned not to eat, he died. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds ironic. That, a little better. That is kind of funny. Yeah. That's kind of right, funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder how they would think of our humor. Oh, terrible. Back in time, like, right. look at this meme. <laughs> and it's like, in the boys, water. fried beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of, imagine like a bunch of skele- skeletons on a Jeep, like in the middle of the night. It's like me and the boys up at night looking for some calcium. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> okay, this one's from from ancient Rome okay. around sixty three BC. It's a yo mama joke. Whoa. <laughs> uh oh. We weren't allowed to tell these. <laughs> oh. See, the Emperor Augustus was touring the Empire when he noticed a man in the crowd who bore a striking resemblance to himself. Wait, what? Intrigued, he asked, was your mother at one time in service at the palace? No, your highness, he replied, but my father was. Oh. oh. Roasted. Roast. <laughs> Them Romans. Chose <laughs> <laughs> Rome. So these are getting progressively older then. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I think Okay, gotcha. I think I know what the oldest one is. And it's a doozy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this one's from 429 BC from ancient Greece. A joke which is also a riddle. Oh. Oh. This is an advanced joke. Okay, it says question. What animal walks on 4 feet in the morning, 2 at noon, 3 at evening? Oh, I've heard this. Yeah, this is like this, yeah. this is the joke the Riddler says to yeah. Batman. Yeah, it's like an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The answer, man, he goes on all fours as a baby, two feet as a man, and uses a cane in old age. Wait, what? That ah. was a joke, not a ri- That's a riddle. That was a riddle. That was a riddle. Yeah. It's not a joke. Well, well if you told this funny. riddle at the at the Grecian bar, they yeah. Grecian oh. If they we, would have a laugh. Oh man, so you la- for days. Okay. Okay, this one is a pun on a name. Ancient Greece, 800 BC. Oh yeah, Odysseus tells the Cyclops that his real name is Nobody. When Odysseus instructs his men to attack the Cyclops, the Cyclops shouts, "Help! Nobody is attacking me." No one comes <laughs> to help him. <laughs> Nobody's attacking Your name uh, is nobody. Okay. <laughs> I do know a joke from the Bible. A Bible joke? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, let me see if it's in here. Just kind of skip through real quick. You know the joke about... um. No, it's not in here. That guy being bald? Yeah. Hey, Baldy. They yeah. call the, the Elisha bald. And the bear like, eat, eats them. Yeah, yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I laughed. Nah, it wasn't that. It was the, I forget the verse, but like they were wandering through the desert and they told Moses, what, were there no graves left in Egypt? Oh, yeah. That yeah. took yeah. us to the desert to die. That was close yeah, enough. That's, kind of that's cool. pretty good. Yeah, just pretty, some pretty sarcasm, talk. you know. That was, that was a cutting remark. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine like an old man saying that. Like, there's not enough graves over there. We have to come out here. <laughs> Everybody looked at him like, what's the deal with airline food? (laughs) (laughs) What's the deal with Egyptians? (laughs) A joke about an old married couple from 1100 BC. Okay. Mm. A woman who was blind in one eye has been married to a man for 20 years. That's it. When he found another woman, he said to her, I shall divorce you because you are said to be blind in one eye. She answered him, have you just discovered that after 20 years of marriage? (laughs) 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 That was a good one. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. Especially in that clay tone. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, have you not noticed after like 20 years of marriage? (laughs) (laughs) But now, the Holy Grail. The, the holy grail. The oldest. The oldest joke in the world. Okay, guys, place your bets. What kind of joke is this going to be? The oldest joke in human history. It's going to be a yo mama so fat joke. It's got to be about uh, 
like your mom, your dad, grandparent, son, something like that. No, right? go pure. Pure? What's the purest form of humor. Oh, it's got to be about a fart then. Right. It's got to yeah. be a fart joke. It's a fart joke. Yeah. No. Yeah. Here it goes. Something which has never occurred since time immemorial. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. Wait, this is the first read, time it's never. Read it again. Read it again. <laughs> <laughs> read that again. Okay. Something, something which has never occurred since time immemorial. Immemorial. Oh. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. Because girls don't fart. Yep. No, the joke is, this is something that has never happened. A young woman not farting (laughs) in her husband's lap. I think he's trying to make like observation and be like, you you know, just one guy somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. It happened. And he's like, you know, maybe this relationship wasn't the best. (laughs) (laughs) What? Of course, it had to be a fart joke because that is the purest without any, without any like (laughs) outside influence. Your body will fart. Yes. Without anything, that's humor. That's just that's humor. Exactly. It's hilarious. I do that to my baby son, and he laughs. (laughs) It's it's built into him. That's amazing. Amazing. Why is this the oldest joke ever? Yeah, there's got to be older jokes. Just ones they wrote down. They were like, this is the, the top quality. Somebody write this, this down. A, this was amazing. This made, have, made me they laugh. They have like a publication that like ranks them every year. <laughs> <laughs> write that one down. Number one, down. once again, the farting wife joke. Maybe the Egyptian <laughs> times. The Egyptian <laughs> times. We got to do rock, paper, scissors or something. Okay. Rock, bump, paper, bump, scissors, shoot. Oh. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, oh. paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we go. So for the viewers at home, they both did the scissors. They both did paper. They both did rock. They both did scissors. And finally, Joshua did rock. And, and Max, Max did paper. paper. Yeah. Which like is dumb pool. when you think about it. Paper. Yeah. If I have a rock cone at me, you know what my I want to have in my pocket? Paper. Some paper. paper. That'll stop this rock. Oh, no. Jimmy Wait. threw a rock. Good Max thing I got this Max- sheet of paper. Max goes first because he won. I yeah, think so, of yeah. course. I what, get to go. What do you got? Talk about joke. Rock. Okay. You, no, wait. Let me restart. Let you me restart, want me to restart. talk? About <laughs> 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 that was the restart noise. I guess. Go for it. So, if we're talking about bubbles, have I got a bubble for you? Were we the talk- bubble yeah. that made history. The bubble that. One man, Reza Ray Baluchi, SpongeBob fabricated to unite the world. Fabricated? He fabricated a bubble to unite the world. What was this bubble made of? So this bubble was made of. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. When was this? Uh, (laughs) I derailed to know. (laughs) I derailed everything. Two thousand fourteen. Okay, yeah, that was the year of the bubble. I I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so totally. 2014. This guy he united the world. I totally remember that. Yeah. Well, he set out to unite the world. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember. So, I remember being so ununited before this bubble. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Maybe that's where everything went wrong. The bubble didn't bubble. work. <laughs> the bubble failed. Okay, so he was born in 1972. He's was this a- was this SpongeBob SquarePants? No, Joshua. Josh. That episode where he blew Do you the just bubble. think about no, SpongeBob Joshua. SquarePants? That's what I'm thinking about this bubble and everything. And he was like, he was yeah. born 2014. <laughs> he was born in a pineapple under the sea. Well, uh, this is a wiki article on him, and this is how it starts. Okay. He's an athlete okay. and an activist. Oh. Right. His self described mission is to unite and inspire countries around the world. Okay, sure, yeah. By sailing in a bubble. Nice. Not really sailing. It's like a hamster. Oh. It's like a it's like a bubble con, you know, like of like just big plastic oh. thing. And then all the way around the bubble like a tire, he has fins. So he runs in it like a hamster wheel. So it's like yeah. a Zorb. 
It's a Zorb. What's a Zorb? We already talked about this, Max. You weren't Max even here. here. Josh yeah, already yeah, Josh right. already did this. What? Are you serious? Stole no. Joshua's idea. Are you no, for real? No, his was on land. Yeah. Was, mine was just a sport where people get inside of a ball and roll around. No, 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 down no, the no, hill. no, no, no. He had a dream to to run over the sea. That's oh, in a awesome. Because he's he's a, he's a, he's like a marathon athlete. You should have led with that. I should have. You're right. Restart. Okay. No, yeah. No, let's keep going. <laughs> so so he grew up in Iran. Okay. And uh, he just he ran. He was a young kid that loved to run. He ran. He ran in Iran. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey. He's like, hey. Well, I was born here in Iran, and I thought I just, just ran everywhere. Just so I ran. So I ran. I asked God, "What's my purpose?" <laughs> I looked at the map and I'm like, "Where do I live?" I ran he's right said, there. Ah, <laughs> he said, <laughs> "Good God, son, where were you born?" It's not even Iranian. It's right in front of your face. <laughs> it's not even Iranian. Ask it. <laughs> Everyone uh, born over there talks like this. Guys, you're being so racist right now. It's <laughs> such a dumb joke. So dumb. What okay. was it, what was it made of? It was made of plastic and like uh, uh, aluminum frame around it. Okay. With fins on the top and then buoyancies around the bubble as well. Okay. So like, did it get really hot in there? Yes. How did he breathe? Well, the thing is, he. He didn't. I found this. <laughs> I found him, and I found this labeled "Florida man tries to run to Bermuda." So <laughs> he lives in Florida, and uh, that explains everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I ran to, to Florida. No, 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 no. He was born in Iran. He was. He's born in Iran, and then he migrated to the U.S. or to Florida. I don't know when it doesn't say. Okay. But in 2014, he made this bubble because he had a dream to unite and inspire the world. Right, yeah. So in Florida, he built this giant bubble, and uh, he, you know, started his trip. He put it in the ocean, and uh, let me see. They called it his hydropod. 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 Come, Robin, to the hydropod. So his his, uh, locations that he dreamed to go to, right? Uh, or I guess in this first journey or whatever, there's not that much information on him because I'll tell you in a second. Did he uh, die? And waiting for him. He to. was. He was. He was trying to go. You know, through he Miami. Was. I get, It just says to Bermuda, then to Puerto Rico, then back to Miami. Okay, so a test run. So the total trip would have been three thousand miles. Okay. Yeah. During his journey. 185 miles north of his starting point and 80 miles off the coast of St. Augustine, Florida, a U.S. Coast Guard crew member claimed that the that Baluchi was in great danger and needed to get back to shore. So the USCG crew member claimed that Baluchi appeared um, exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. A bit fatigued so uh he's in a hot bubble you know heat coming down (laughs) the ocean there's like i got a picture of it there's like this tiny little hole on the side that he can climb in and (laughs) so the coast guard hung out with him for a whole day trying to convince him to come out of the bubble and he says a day yeah a whole day he's in the he's 80 miles from the coast so i don't know if you can see the coast from 80 miles out or not probably not it's pretty far. It's pretty far. It's very far. Anyways, uh, they were called. The Coast Guard was called because he was doing his thing, and then a fisher, a fisherman boat, a fisherman boat, a fishing boat, right, was yeah. just doing its thing and said, "Hey, there's this bubble guy," and he came up to us and we thought he was a pirate. And the guy's like, "A pirate in a bubble? Come on, <laughs> come on, man!" <laughs> and they're like, "Well." We had to call the Coast Guard because he was asking directions to Bermuda. (laughs) No. No, Balushki. Balushki. So the Coast Guard um, uh, issued a cease and desist and said, do not get back in your bubble (laughs) or else you will be fined. So the fine was uh, $25. (laughs) They just... Well, at first, they um, gave him a 
a GPS call for help or whatever. Like, okay, we'll just watch you for a couple of days or something, I guess, because he was very persistent in staying. Okay. And then he hit the button like a day later because his tracking went off and they didn't know where he was. And and then then the button went off and and they're like, okay, let's go and try to find him. And (laughs) there's a storm that capsized him sideways so he can't roll. He was just sideways just sitting in his bubble. Oh. Just drifting. And so they, they, they pulled him out and they said, this is dangerous. Then the cease and desist came. He was brought back to shore and he's like, I want my bubble the whole time the way back. He's like, I want my bubble back. I want my bubble. Um, I want my bubble. So they, they, they deconstructed his bubble and locked it away and said, you can't have it. <laughs> then seven years. Wait, not seven. Seven uh, days. One week later. This is the, okay. If you want to do something really big like this, you need to have like a guy in a boat and like maybe like two boats. Yeah, following you. Yeah. That's what they said. And he said, no. This is my dream. I do it alone. I don't know. Wow. He was a very determined man. Um, so then 2016. What did I say? 14 the first time? Yeah. So it's just two years later, right? He set off again. He made a new bubble. <laughs> yes. Um, despite... Uh, this says the April 15th letter from the Coast Guard threatening up to seven years of imprisonment and a $40,000 fine. Whoa. If he were Sorry. to embark again. I thought this was America. <laughs> That's what he said. In his interview, he was like, this is America. People can follow their dreams. So I make the bubble again. <laughs> <laughs> I make the bubble again. The world well, uh, needs more men like this. I know. It? So he actually... Um, I watched a YouTube interview like they did like a whole story on him. and Right, yeah. yeah. He got it on camera too. He broke into this little storage place that they held all his like bubble equipment. Bubble. And he like, he had this like bolt cutter. He's like, <laughs> like, I don't care if they find me. I'm building my bubble. <laughs> what he said? Yes. <laughs> he built his bubble. <laughs> he gets his friends to help him set it in the water. And he's like, okay, okay, leave. And he gets in his bubble and he starts like hamstering off. <laughs> Which he, you can imagine this thing is very slow. Uh, <laughs> this. <laughs> you Play can, is down. You, you can pick any dream, any dream at all. You pick this specific <laughs> dream. <laughs> So oh. to bubble to Bermuda with no help. Yeah. And another thing he said in his interview, which was interesting, he said, people said he was crazy. He said, planes disappear at Bermuda. Ships disappear. I want to go see what is going on too. <laughs> so it's a conspiracy theory? <laughs> kind of. So he made it seven miles off the coast of Jupiter. Jupiter? He made it to Jupiter. What? Jupiter, Florida. It's got to be a not heard of it. I got to look it up. Um, and then voluntarily gave up his quest. Oh, he gave up because the Coast Guard's got him again. I go. Because seriously, I mean, if you make it out, you're gonna get spotted. (laughs) I mean, you're a giant bubble, and then they're like, get to you in like a couple, like you know, thirty minutes, moments. Yeah. Like, oh, John. The bubble guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when they de- deconstructed it in 2014 and then locked it away in a storage container. Yeah. Wow. He said his dreams were crushed, but then he broke back in and rebuilt it. So um, this guy with this bubble, the first time he got exhausted, correct? Thousand, what does it say? It's a thousand miles to Bermuda. Why didn't he go to like Cuba or something? That's like (laughs) hundred miles. Something easier. Well, he wanted to go to Puerto Rico, uh, Bermuda, then to Puerto Rico, and then back to Miami. But why? I don't know. He could have gone from Cuba and just like island hopped all the way (laughs) down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why did he start in Florida? Did he? Did he train? To run a thousand miles before he tried this? Wait, he's I, going to the Bahamas? Uh, it said Puerto Rico. No, wait, before that. Bermuda. Bermuda. Bermuda to 
Puerto Rico, and then back to Miami. Yeah, yeah. my Bermuda. That's so so out there. I Didn't know. He um he said he, he wanted was to curious. see. He wanted to see what was happening with those yeah, ships. Yeah, he was curious. He's like, yeah, things are disappearing all the time. I want to go see what's going the on. Bahamas look even closer, maybe. So. The second try, the second time, did he bring water with him this time, or he had the first time he did too? Okay, so the first time he had it, it all set up. He had his his little cooler. He had Dude. water, so his cooler would go spinning. Well, it was attached to like the inner part of like the circle. Okay, so it would right. spin less. So it'd spin less. It wouldn't so spin the whole thing. He had some ingenuity. Yeah, but <laughs> enough to build this bubble. I he mean, had. Yeah. A, I think he had a he had a GoPro inside this bubble, so he was filming himself as he was going. He's like. So hot. He's like, he's just like dripping oh, sweat. Oh no! And I was like, man, that would be thousand bad. miles as you're baking. Yeah, and the Coast Guard when they said he's like, this guy, he was very weak. So yeah. Oh boy. So they probably saved his life both times. Wow. As they got as they got him to be that. It, I mean, I'm 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 waiting for round three. I mean, I know. Has he? Has he said anything? Did, did he get in trouble? Did he go to jail? Or Well, I don't think he went to jail. I think they just gave him a very strong warning again. First time was a very yeah. bad warning. Like, oh, yeah, just you're going to get fined $4,000 and then seven years in prison. 40. 40, you said. 40,000. <laughs> wow. I just, I just imagine it becomes like a weekly thing, occurrence. <laughs> like, like, Yogi, stop trying to steal those picnic baskets. <laughs> he yeah. just gets the urge. It just, like, boils up inside of him. Babooski, stop trying to cross the ocean. I have to run <laughs> in my bubble. <laughs> what, was the, what was the guy's name? Um, uh, Ray. Ray. Babooski. 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 Ray Babooski. That's amazing. So yeah, and they inter- interviewed his wife too, and she's like, "I was, I just kept telling him, no, stop, <laughs> do not do this." <laughs> just, wait, let me find a picture for you of him, and you will understand. The picture in my mind is electro boom. <laughs> electro boom. It's boom. actually very close. Really? Wow. <laughs> yes. Our 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 hundredth episode. We said we would uh, go go to where, hundredth Osaka 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 uh, Osaka, to, no, Osaka to interview this person. What? I've added another thing. He's in Florida our, though. Our one hundredth episode. You can go to like an Osaka Grill. We'll be in Osaka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Interviewing Ray. He's he's inspiring the world. Here's the man. Show me the man. Wow. He looks like he could do this. Yeah, well, he 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 runs like a lot. Okay, because yeah. I was saying to run to say you're gonna run a thousand miles in a bubble across the ocean. That's yeah, mean. yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah, because you're in the middle of the ocean and you're in a bubble. Right. Uh, he had like a mullet when he was doing it, though. Really? Mm. Yeah, he had like this really curly. Mullet. Mullets. Extra you, warmth when it gets cold. There's a picture of him in his bubble. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. That's way too hot. I know. There's a backpack on, too. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like not even 70 miles to the Bahamas. Yeah. Why didn't he go there? <laughs> he, could, he could have made it on his first go around. He went 80 miles. There's his bubble. My goodness. Yep. Okay, so it's more than just a bubble. Wait, what's, what are those? What? It's got like tinier bubbles. This the, yeah, the, this make sure it's buoyancy buoyant. See on the on the actual. The frame. thing is not going to sink. Yep. Cool. That was inspiring, Maxwell. Thank you. Yep. So if yeah. uh, if you have to go to the you know Bermuda Triangle and Bermuda, figure out the, the uh-huh. secrets of the world, and you want to go in a giant bubble. Don't let the Coast Guard stop you, man. Yeah, just go right. Yeah. They can't stop you. Yeah. This is the Coast Guard. Even if they tear up your bubble, just keep going. Tear it back. You'll be fine. <laughs> tear it back, man. Yeah. <laughs> and keep running, even though people think you're crazy. And your wife says, please don't do this. And your wife says, why? Yeah. <laughs> just do it. So you think running in a bubble across the ocean is pretty parkour, right? Yeah. You know what else is parkour? Jesus. Actual parkour? Actual parkour. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right. So parkour is made in France. Really? Yeah. From the French word. Um, oh, it is French, isn't it? The French word is somewhere. Parkour. It's close to parkour. It sounds like parkour, parkour but French. Parkour. 
Parkour. Parkour. Parkour. Uh-huh. Do combatant. Obstacle course. <laughs> combatant. Which basically is a... You have obstacle yeah. course and an obstacle course that attacks you. Parkour. Exactly. combate. Parkour combate. Car parkour. Anyway, there's this guy. His name was George S. Herbert. He like he was a military guy in Western Europe. Mm-hmm. He was the forerunner of parkour, who before World War One promoted athletic skill based on the model of indigenous tribes he had met in Africa. He noted that their bodies were splendid, flexible, nimble, skillful, <laughs> enduring, and resistant, but yet they had no other tutor. They had no other tutor in gymnastics, but their lives in nature. Uh, His rescue efforts during the 1902 eruption of Mount Pelee on St. Pere, Martinique, reinforced his belief that athletic skill must be combined with courage and altruism. So, the man, this guy invented parkour. It's I more than just so. a sport. As, as a way to it's rescue people? It's no, a way just of life. as a military thing. Yeah. He just believed that this athletic skill should be used. Yeah, so like, usually when I think of athletics, practiced. you have like, you go on this bar, you jump with the pole, you land in the sand. Mission accomplished. It, it's a controlled environment doing something. Right. Whereas he's like, we need to learn how to be athletic in every environment we come to. Like a monkey. Like a monkey. Yeah. Or like uh, or like Jason Bourne is what I was trying to think of. Basically, Jason like, Bourne the belief he had was like around. the environment that humans live in. Yeah. need to know how to master the environment and to get through it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like If it. your house is on fire, you need to be able to jump up to the second story yeah. without using the front door. Yeah, and save your dog. Yeah, save your dog. Wait, if it's burning up, why are you going up with it? Why aren't you going down? No, you're on. You, you're, you show up with your bags of ice cream. Remember Spider Man? Come for the party, and Spider Man's up there screaming like a woman. You know when Green Goblin's oh, up there. Oh, I know. You gotta I know. jump up there. And, and oh, yeah, You gotta yeah, yeah. save your dog. Cause Green Goblin's up there, and he's scary. Oh yeah, yeah he was. Uh, that scared me as a child. It was, it was very, very frightening. frightening. Yeah, but really, the guy who really did parkour was David Bell. He was born in 1936 in Vietnam. Raymond Bell was the son of a French physician and Vietnamese mother during the first Indochina War. His father died and was separated from his mother, after which he was sent to a military orphanage in Dalat at the age of seven. He took it upon himself to train harder and longer than anybody else in order to never be a victim. In the military orphanage? Yeah. At night, while everyone else was sleeping, he would be outside running or climbing trees. He would use military obstacle courses in secret, and he also created courses of his own that tested his endurance, strength, and flexibility. Where's this movie? I know. It's pretty inspiring, right? This sounds great. The guy who invented parkour, was he lived in a military orphanage? What is that even like? Yeah. What's a that military would be even, orphanage? I don't know. It'd be even worse than a real. I just orphanage. imagine like a general be like, "All right, you little babies," and then it's like actual <laughs> <Yeah>. babies. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents died and left you in the care of the United States Army. We don't know how to do with children, so we're gonna treat you like we treat everybody else. Yeah, climb this wall. <laughs> so after the <laughs> Battle of Dian Bai Bain Fu, I can't pronounce all Dian this. Bain Fu. Dian Bain Fu. Which one? Battle of Dain Bain Food in 1954. He okay. returned to France and remained in military education until the age of 19 when he joined the Paris Fire Brigade, a French army unit. Wow. Raymond's son, David Bell, was born 1973. He experimented with gymnastics and athletics but became increasingly dis- disaffected with both school and his sports clubs. As he got older, he claims to have read as yet confirmed newspaper clippings that told of his father's exploits and was increasingly curious about what he had and uh, what had enabled his father to accomplish these feats. Ah. Though conversations with his father, he realized that what he really wanted was the means to develop skills. That Wait, his useful. father was alive? No, I think his father died at the age. So of this is like, this is, this is like a boy trying to find out his, his father's death. Well, I mean, yeah. and more his I belief. Thought, I thought this was about this guy who saw these people who are so athletic without any training. Right. Like, we need to be like them. I thought that was his story. But no, it's his kid's story who did the same thing. Through conversations with his father, David learned about this way of training that his father called parkour. 
He learned his father's talk of the many repetitions he had done in order to find the best way of doing things. He learned that for his father, training was not a game, but something vital, which enabled him to survive and to protect the people he cared about. David realized this, that this was what he had been searching for, and so he had begun training in the same way. After a time, he found it far more important to him than schooling and gave up his other commitments to focus all of his time on the training. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Parkour is better than school. Parkour, it's way more man. interesting. Yeah. I am way more interested in parkour now. I think I want to take yeah. it up. And then later, him and his friends. David initially trained on his own, and after moving to Lissy's, found other young men, including his cousins, who had cousins. similar desires. Hey, cousins. So him and his cousins, cousins. got together. <laughs> they call themselves the Yamakazi. Yamakazis. Oh. They were drew influence. From, they drew influence from Asian culture and Asian martial arts, notably the acrobatic antics of Jackie Chan in his Hong Kong action films. <laughs> yeah, yes. we love Jackie but Chan. I think, I think David left the group early later because he was like, I don't know, this isn't really honoring my father. It's kind of silly. Oh, it, it became too much of a they show or a joke because Jackie Chan was too much. The disrespect. Yeah, it was no. Just, listen, this is about his dad, and him. Fun. not about Jackie Chan. Yeah, but came they were too corporate. Yeah, he had to be like. This is about me and my dad. Yeah. yeah. Back off. Back to the forest. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, who left me in the military <laughs> orphanage. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm trying to get to the more interesting parts I found. There's, There's more interesting There's parts? There's a lot of this. Okay, mm-hmm. Hollywood producers, if you'd like to uh, make this movie, right. do it. There's no one stopping you as far as yeah, I know. Yeah. Nobody's stopping. Yeah. Bollywood. 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 Go to Bollywood. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I've actually never seen a Bollywood film. That's Oh, they're hilarious. That's all right. Are they? Cuz like like I just saw like a scene from one where like this lady, I think she was like the mother or something, she slapped her daughter. Okay. And then like she went flying and she got caught in like the curtain and almost suffocated. <laughs> and it was all dramatic and like, oh no! Uh, they had to like <laughs> cut it open. <laughs> they all had to work together to cut the curtain off. Wow! It was like really over dramatic. Oh, but it's about parkour. See, he left the stupid Yamakaze group because they sold and out. Good for him. Good for yeah. him. Forget yeah. these Yamakazes. Good. Good. I want to stick with David Bell. What he Jackie Chan with that ladder. No, he wasn't and Jackie it, Chan. And then it kind of spread out to culture. And, you know, no, if you see someone doing parkour, they're not a parkourer or yeah. a practitioner of parkour. They they're are just a, a punk. They are a tracer. Yeah, They're called tracers? They're called tracers. <laughs> what a tracer. <laughs> what a tracer. <laughs> that's not real parkour. That's, that's called. just tracing. It's <laughs> 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 tracing. While there's no official moves in parkour, the style in which practitioners more often set them apart from others, and there are a number of movements considered fundamental. Some examples of common movements are vaulting over obstacles, precision jumping and landing accurately with the feet on small or narrow obstacles. Like Hmm. fences. Yeah. Arm jumps, cat jumping and landing feet first on a vertical surface, catching the horizontal top with the hands. That's called jumping. Yep. And using your rolling motion to help absorb impacts from larger drops. There you mm. go. Just you like go. a video game. Just like in Zelda. Zelda, Zelda did parkour. You can yes. jump off a mountain, just roll forward, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> just roll forward. But really only, you're only like, the, the rule of thumb is like three meters or something, or else you okay. hurt. If you're on grass or something. Mm. Breath of the Wild, it just ragdolls all really? the way down. <laughs> like land and hit and then just ragdoll down the mountainside. I like it. I thought yeah. the key was to have a horse, like the man from Snowy River. He could jump down anything as yeah. long as, as, he, long as he had the horse. horse. The horse could go down anything as long as he was as he was on that horse. Yeah, that was the horse's superpower. The other horses weren't as cool. Yeah, wait, was that the one with like Jessica? Yeah, Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. 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 And then the demon horse is like. You see the film grain. That alone yeah. is worth the price of admission. It was like they filmed the horse like jumping up, really scary looking with his eye, and then the editor Done. later just like zoomed in with each like little theatrical. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Guys, we need to get our video podcast up and running as soon as possible so we can edit these things in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. I like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So where is David Bell today? Is he still alive? I think so. He's somewhere. He's off like pouting. Like I thought it was supposed to be authentic. Now, hang on, hang on. Listen, too. Max, Max. My goal, episode 100 of Tan Pants in he was, Osaka. He was We're going to have Ray and we're going to have David Bell. They would totally hit it he off. He was in a movie in 2004. In his bubble. He was in the movie District 13 in 2004, another feature film involving advanced parkour chase sequences starring David Bell. Ah, so they, if they need some really action yeah. stuff. He was, was he the, a stunt double? I don't know. It was he like a character? He, was, he says he was starring. Oh. Just, it, it was like a documentary? I don't know. Huh. District, oh. <laughs> yes, District yes. 13 is a French action a film directed by Perry Morel and written by and produced oh. by Luck Benson. The film is notable for its depiction de- of parkour in a number of stunt sequences. Depiction. Depiction. I like depiction. Depiction? Sorry, I am still learning English. I immigrated from... <laughs> Wait. I am not a robot. <laughs> I think I'm thinking... I have District always nine. been human. <laughs> Oh, there's like 13 of the movies? This is like the 13th movie? Uh, oh, it's been... Is okay. it? No, it's no. a different movie. Oh. Mm. Oh, no, I don't have a signal. I was very uh, entertaining. Yep. I devote my life to parkour. Yes. I devote my life to bubble crossing. And ever <laughs> since then, uh, the media has been incorporating parkour in many movies and video games. Oh, all over the place, yeah. Yeah, it's a big thing now. That's huge. Because people, cool. people like to, I don't know, jump. It's not really a sport. It's more of like an art. How you well, do e- moves even and- like if if you're playing a game, like let's say you're playing Lego Star Wars, right? Yeah, you got to go from here to there. What are you gonna do? You're gonna, you're gonna press the jump button the entire over time and over because you think maybe this will make it faster <laughs> if I keep pressing <laughs> jump. It's like the only superpower that we have as humans, besides running incredibly f- far. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the first person who's like, I'm tired of walking across a stupid hole every day. You see the parkour guy go. <laughs> yeah. Dude. That was so fun. I want to. That's like better than roller skates. My favorite parkour technique was um, the backflip gainer. The office did. Wow. Have you seen that scene in the office? No. They do parkour. You've not seen that scene? I've, I've heard people say. Parkour. Hardcore parkour. Yeah. Hardcore parkour. Hardcore parkour. They, like Michael like starts doing his own little films in the office and. I forget who all was involved. I think Andy, uh, Dwight, and uh, Michael. And they were running around doing parkour, but they were really just like running really fast and like kicking the fridge and then <laughs> opening it and drinking milk and then closing it. Really? Parkour. Yeah. That's and it. They go, parkour. What? And then they were over by the dumpsters and they're like, okay. Uh, uh, and they were like naming their tricks as they go, you know, like backflip gainer into the trash can. Yeah, parkour, parkour. And then they jump and they just like fall hurt themselves disrespectful disrespecting the art disrespecting trash <laughs> it was really funny though <laughs> yeah district nine is a different movie though it's a it's about aliens that came to earth to parkour like, they're like refugees or something you guys right. we've been in, at our planet watching you guys through a telescope you're doing this stuff our planet is completely flat there's nothing to jump over at all. <laughs> we wanted to come to your planet, which is so cool. Try this parkour scene. And they the say, first alien like just like breaks a leg. <laughs> he tried to do the no. parkour. He's like, "You're just a tracer." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the aliens are like so emotionally oh, hurt. He's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> they see, like. All the human television told us never to try and meet our heroes. (laughs) Why didn't we listen to the human television? (laughs) This is all other planets do is they just watch Earth do cool things. I read multiple articles. One of them said that a tracer isn't a real parkour. It's just a person who's trying to parkour. Yeah. Yeah. Amateur parkour. (laughs) You're just a tracer, you alien. (laughs) That's now, from now on, that's what we call an amateur at anything. (laughs) You're just a tracer. Just a tracer. Like, what are you doing there? Oh, I'm trying to, you know, make a, make some toast. <laughs> you tracer. <laughs> you don't know real toast like I do. <laughs> uh. Well, that was a lovely time. Talking and tracing and jumping and kicking. Wait, stop. Who won this? Oh. Uh, I have Parkour Ninja Aliens. 
we're going to get aliens. Wait, I have, you, he threw in aliens. You didn't talk about aliens. Okay, then I just listen. Have David, David Bell. David the Bell, ultimate parkour. Growing master. up in the, was in the, he good? David Bell. David Bell in the military orphanage. What, could right. he do parkour, or did he just like? Oh, teach? he could parkour, dude. He invented his dad invented it. Well, I mean, <laughs> his dad invented. <laughs> it's it. not an invention. It's like I didn't create this art form. You yeah, like, he did. Let him take me. this. Okay. Let him take. Let him take it. <laughs> All right. I already forget who did what. Uh, I did the Bubble Man. Bubble Man. Bubble I, Man. I did the most successful art heist in history. So you have two. Ryan and what? No, no, the, the thieves had never been named. They're not oh, sure. Well, what the was security the cards oh, the security were, uh, were, were, were uh, Rick and Rick and Randy. Randy. Rick and Randy. Okay, so your two thieves Seems like names a TV are Rick show and Randy. Listen, so you got Jason, not Jason Bourne, but was it David Bell? David yeah. Bell. David Bell. David Close Bell to Jason Bourne. Chasing though. down Randy. Yes. In a bubble while <laughs> cracking bad jokes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's such a tracer move. <laughs> well, uh, I want. I just want to say, no matter who wins the contest, Max definitely loses. No, no, Mr. Overheating guy. Bubble Man. No, think about how many that guy fight. Think about how many how many lives he touched, including David Bell. <laughs> David Bell. Who your topic was about a man who failed twice. <laughs> no, no, my my, my topic loser. was about a man who didn't give up. He never gave but then up. He gave up at the end. <laughs> he gave up anyway. <laughs> the Coast Guard says, Stop. Stop. We will put you His in wallet. jail. Stop. The Coast but Guard. He kept going. Kept on going. To this day, he probably he probably did something else with the bubble. I mean, he wouldn't give up. He but he probably just did it like it. super under the radar. He probably went to like, he didn't start in Florida. He probably just went somewhere else and did it. Okay. And he just, yep. nobody ever heard of it. I think, uh, I think David Bell wins the day. Yep. David Bell's the. David, David Bell didn't give up. Your guys stole stuff, so they're losers. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Successful they losers. Didn't they didn't get caught. They didn't get didn't caught. Didn't get got. Didn't get got. That's true, though. That's pretty impressive. Your guy got caught. Twice. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the real outro. That was a lovely time. Uh, thank you for joining us on Tan Pants. Please follow us on all the different places that we may be at that I don't know where we are because Joshua knows for that for me. Josh, let's the places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of words. Okay, so I guess I'm going to fade this. Oh, are we gonna do that? wait! No, 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 what? no! That's that's wrong. That's so bad. We did such a bad job. Start, start, start over. Restart. We're gonna try this again. Restart. All right, Josh. Start intro here. Wait, we're beginning again. Oh my goodness! Intro? <laughs> you mean outro? So bad. <laughs> oh, outro. My like, mistake. Oh, that was a lot of rehearsal. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right, now for the real part. <laughs> okay, let's ready? do it already. Are you ready for me yet? Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, my name's Isaac. I'm Josh. I'm Clay. I'm Max. Thank you for joining us on Tan Pants. Give us a follow on all the socials. Have a lovely rest of the day. Bye.